Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Talking Wednesday podcast. It's just me today. And if you are a video watcher of this on YouTube, there won't be a camera on me because with it just being me, we have uh, downsized this for speed as well. But Punk's not, Punk's a bit burnt out at the minute and I, I feel that all too well. So he was going to come on and do the podcast, but I said, man, we'll do a bite-sized podcast this week and I'll do it solo. So it won't be as long as we usually do because obviously there is all the chatter in there when me and Punk get nattering, which uh, will please some of you, I'm sure, because we will be getting mainly into the football talk today. But it is just me on my own bringing you the Talking Wednesday podcast this week. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. So uh, if I have to fill the air a little bit while I'm reading and I've not got somebody to bounce off of, please do forgive me, but we will we will give it a go. Just a bit of housekeeping to start us off today. There is uh, the Discord available. Make sure you message me if you want to get involved. Um, I've not checked my messages recently. You might have done that. Membership options are available on the YouTube channel if you click join below. And of course, leave us reviews Follow us on socials at Talking Wed, all of that. There is no Dexterity Watch for a little while, actually. Probably a good near month, if anything, because there's not many, well, there's not any real midweek matches that I will be able to stream. So I think to fill that gap, make sure you're following me, Dexterity Box, on Twitch, because I will potentially do the uh, Sheffield FC career mode on there and have a chat with some of you guys on one of the Dexterity Watch nights at some point in the near future. So if you are not following me over on that platform, go and follow me over on that platform and we will uh, we will chat live as we all as we all enjoy with those Dexterity Watch streams. We'll bring it into gaming realm. Right. Let's talk about Wednesday this week. So it started with Tuesday night, Sheffield Wednesday. Accrington Stanley at Hillsborough. Now, um, it was... I, I'm not going to do what Punk usually does, do, does a full breakdown, um, because I'm not Punk. Punk's got his own style there. As I said, as I said, obviously, from where I was sat, it was actually... It was actually uh, very interesting, because as I said, I'm moving around the grounds at the minute, so it, hearing uh, hearing different takes from different fans on this one, I will say the booing at half-time was a little bit weird for me. Why are we booing this team at halftime? But yep, chances, chances, chances for Wednesday all the way through. I thought the man who got the goal, Callum Patterson, this is going to sound a little bit negative, and I got called out for this, a bit negative apparently. I thought he was very ineffective that game, and I did say that it was a 1-1 that should have been so much more because Wednesday, again, dominant on possession, and these are the matches we need to win. Accrington Stanley, physical side fighting for their lives pretty much. And they, they came to do a job. A lot of teams are just lining up at the minute to just try and do a job on Wednesday. And Accrington Stanley did it. Patterson gets a tap in. I just think he's, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't getting much at all. And, and the big turning point in this game for me was when he brought Bannon off and he brought Berahino off. He left Patterson on. He brought Gregory on. Great. But he's left Patterson on, who's got a goal. Yeah, you... It's difficult to sub him, but if you actually look at the course of the match, it's ineffective. And taking Bannon off, I understand if we were a couple of goals up, but on 70 minutes or whenever it was, a 66 minutes I'm looking in the stat. Uh, no, it was around 70. 66 minutes was, uh, was the deadlock broken. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Bannon coming off at that point was, was the, the turning point for me in that this could go 
really wrong if we if we concede here because bringing Fizz on, it's good to see Deli Bashiru back, but Bannon's been controlling games for us, and when you need to win that really to keep to keep the strong performances going and the form for the playoffs, it was it was a weird one, and I've not questioned more too well. I have I've questioned more quite a lot, but I've not got on his back so to speak, and app- apparently. According to some people on that there Twitter, that me saying that Moore got that one wrong, but I still fully supported him, that was me being an idiot fan. Because there's this side that just want to relentlessly back Darren Moore and don't actually... I can tell that's when people clearly haven't been watching my content, content getting, called and, getting called that for that, because I don't know what other podcasts are doing, but in terms of Wednesday podcasts... I know that we have been quite supportive of Darren Moore. So when I do question if he got something right, it is a bit, it is a bit weird that you get, you get all sides uh, firing the barrels off at you. But I was, uh, I'm, I'm true. I think, but I think Darren Moore got that one wrong with the substitutions because I understand where he was coming from. But I do think the control of the game went and when they conceded the person behind me just said well that's been coming when when we conceded but I actually from where I was I, I thought it was I, did, I couldn't really see the goal I, I've watched it back and it was an own goal there because it went in off uh, Johnson but it was it is one of those where it feels like it's been coming but I wasn't too I wasn't too down about it you know I was like Wednesday is still dominating these games but there was that worry in the back of my mind that like we can't seem to break these sides down 11 shots Five on target for Wednesday. Accrington, in the end, ended up having seven and then two on target. But 62% possession, again, possession doesn't get you everywhere. I say this every week. We had 468 or 88, one of those, get me specs out, passes compared to their 300. We also had more fouls, which is weird. But but I will say, and this is actually uh, something that's really worth pointing out about Tuesday night, that referee... Started off all right, but the second half, he might as well have pulled on the shirt. And I'm not, I'm not being funny. I'm not trying to be, oh, yeah, we didn't, you know, the ref cost us it. But the ref really didn't help in that second half. But I wasn't one of the fans that was going to say the ref cost us that because there was a multitude of factors that cost us the full three points. And it did feel like a loss. It was one of them one ones where it feels like a loss because you really need the three points from that if you go in for promotion and trying to cement yourself in those playoffs but Accrington came to do a job and they did that job and the the referee was just giving everything soft it was abysmal it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen this season um just as you were thinking no maybe we'll start to get some decent referees it it didn't help at all and then obviously I said like after Rotherham we need to bounce back and do all that because we we bounced back with the loss um and ended up you know putting six Six past the side, you know, putting six past Cambridge, and that's not Rotherham, but you know what I'm talking about. There's been a lot of matches recently. G- Gillingham coming up, it was like, okay, we've had that 1-1, let's kick on. But this was another situation where a team have just turned up to survive, right? Gillingham are trying not to get relegated. So, of course, they're just going to they're gonna go for everything and try and get that point. As much as I don't know how we didn't put the ball in the back of the net in this game. It was literally off the line a couple of times. Barry Bannon placing it outside of the box a few times. The amount of shots on target, but we just couldn't finish our dinner. I mean, I say shots on target, it's 
they weren't shots on target. I feel like, in hindsight, it was shots on target. But if you'd break down the stats, it was it was twelve shots, two on target. It felt a lot more than that though, because they were whizzing past. They were literally whizzing past the post and whizzing past the goal line. Stuff that should be easy tappings on a day where it could be three or four for Wednesday. You're just not finishing your dinner, and it's costing us. This is in terms of possession, seventy percent possession, right? Seventy percent. We had 400-odd passes to their 100. It's ridiculous. You talk about passing them off the park, and we just we can't get the goal, which would ensure us the points. And this is where I'm starting to worry, because teams seem to have figured us out a little bit like that. And when Moore's tinkering with the squad, and he's going he's gonna to become... If he doesn't get the results, this is all I'm saying, if he doesn't get the results, he is going to come under fire for tinkering with the squad. Because when you've got a side that puts six past Cambridge and you mess with it for Accrington, and then you can't really get your consistency in that team and you don't back them, you know, and Berahino's not starting all the time and he's not... He's getting subbed off and Patterson's staying on when Patterson's not having a good game. and It's, it's worrying. It is worrying that he's inviting the pressure onto himself when it might be simpler to go the other way. I will say his sub again. I, I know a lot of people say, why the hell are we bringing a defender on in Dean? But if you look at his reasoning, bringing the height on and trying to, trying to dominate that and get a goal that way, it does make sense, actually. I can see that. I'm pushing Hutchinson further forward. I could understand... I could understand what his process behind that was because it was a, it was a scrap that game and we could have really done with a set piece goal but we haven't been great for set pieces and set pieces are what we're really struggling to defend it's just I am concerned when we when we come up against these sides that are scrapping it out and and they turn up there's so many sides are turning up for a point with Wednesday wherever we go it's a point even when we're going to their ground we're playing Wednesday let's dig in for a point and we, I don't think we are good enough at breaking. We can dominate the ball, but they're sometimes just happy letting us have it because we can't finish. And that, that is a concern because where does it end there? Can we actually start getting the goals that will put the points on the board for us? That's, that is what I worry about in the long term with Wednesday really there if we're going to kick on this season. And I say long term, the season's... We're end of March, aren't we? So it's not been fantastic. Let's talk about League One as a whole. So Tuesday, there was another match in Wickham and Wickham won. So the result went against us there. Wickham beat Fleetwood 1-0. So it's not helping that results aren't going our way around us. On Saturday, Rotherham actually lost to Shrewsbury 3-0. Quite a turn up for the books there, but Rotherham are still sort of nailed on for automatics. Crew lost to Bolton 1-0. Oxford and Ipswich played out to a one all draw. That's not too bad for us there, actually. Plymouth beat Accrington Stanley 4-0. So you can put goals past them. Wednesday just didn't. Lincoln drew with Sunderland. Not the worst result for that for us either, that. Um, Fleetwood, Doncaster, 0-0. Wigan beat Morecambe 4-1. Charlton beat, beat Burton 2-0. Cheltenham beat Wimbledon 3-1. Portsmouth drew with Wickham on the Saturday. So not too bad for us again there. I'd rather the teams around us get points, you know, just our point when they uh, when they play, to be honest, because if we can start putting them on in threes, we'll be all right. We're just not putting them on in threes at the minute. And MK Dons beat Cambridge 1-0, getting um, that win away from home. So the table ends up looking like this. Sheffield Wednesday are in seventh. 66 points. We're, si- we're loving that seventh position this season. 
We have got a game in hand on Sunderland and Oxford, who are above us. We are one point behind Sunderland, so technically, if we win our game in hand, we could still be in the playoffs. It's not all over yet, obviously, but it's there is still stuff to play for if we can find a vein of form again, but it, wor- it worries me that we're going into a lull. That's my real worry at the minute. Oxford on 69, if we won that, yeah, we could, we could still be about fifth, you know. It wouldn't be... It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that we are definitely in that pack still. We just can't let another result like this week happen with two draws on the spin, you know, or even a loss to be even worse. Because win, loss, win, draw, draw, that's that's only two wins out of five. And when you want to put your promotion form there, you need at least another win there for me. Plymouth, for example, have gone on a run of five wins. At least five wins. They are fourth on 71 points and they've got the same games played for us so Plymouth have really had a resurgence and we've got to I don't think we're, we're going to catch them I think it is just battling for that sixth and potentially fifth point at the minute but we've got Wickham underneath us and the same points as us the only thing separating us is our goal difference in a game in hand they've got 66 points and we've got a game more played than them but I do think they are it is between Wickham, us, Sunderland and Oxford battling it out there's only two of them play, playoff spaces because I reckon Rotherham Wigan, MK Dons and Plymouth are nailed on for playoffs, if, if I'm being honest. Who's going to get fifth and sixth? Is it Oxford, Sunderland, Wednesday or Wickham? That's what it's shaping up to be at the end of this season for me now. Okay, so quite a, um, quite a, a big one in terms of Wednesday's academy development and... Uh, you know, youth news. This is from the Wednesday website. Owls confirm under 23 departures, or not under 23 departures, under 23 player departures. Quote, Darren Morris confirmed that decisions have been made on the immediate future of the Owls youngsters. With a raft of under 23s nearing the end of their contracts, Moore said he felt it fitting that the players are told not uh, now to allow for potential moves elsewhere with the season still live. We've made some, this is from Moore himself, we've made some decisions and I think it's right to give the younger players the opportunity to go and play and secure contracts elsewhere. With the handful of games left in the under-23s, it presents the opportunity for us to look at one or two potential targets to bring them in and put them in the training sessions and games. The following players will be leaving Hillsborough upon the expiry of their current contracts. Quain Boateng, Alex Bonington, Josh Dewodu, Lewis Farmer, Charles Hagen, Jaden Onan, Josh Render, Declan Thompson, and Liam Waldock. Sheffield Wednesday would like to thank all the young players for their services and wish them well for the future. End quote. Now, this is this has sparked a lot of conversation about what are we actually using our academy for? There's there's two sides of this. A lot a lot of um, speculations around. Well, you've got the Katadamari in the in the academy, and it's it's sort of like we're only just seeing the benefits of our academy now in our younger, younger ranks. We're kind of still filtering out players that would have potentially made it for Wednesday at one point, but we can we can do better with a crop of youth players at the minute. I've seen that. I'm not sure I fully agree with that because we've been weird with our academy in, in recent times, and you look at the talks of like Charles Hagen stands out, Josh Render, Declan Thompson... You know, I know Waldock was spoke well of for a while there. Bonington Duodo, I've seen these names for a while. And that might be a point of saying, well, they they aren't breaking in, are they? So we need players at that age to be to start breaking in. And Brennan coming through is an example of that. I don't know the exact um, age differences there, but you'll have to forgive me on that. But there is 
there is a side to say that well, should they have had a chance there? But you've got to also you've also got to back the manager's perspective on it. And I think he's been respectful to the players announcing it at this time that they can then try and get moves and it gives them a bit more of a it gives them a little bit more of a opportunity to go out and find some some playing potential at clubs whilst they're still under contract. So they're still looked after for a little while and they're not just dropped completely. They've been told in advance they can start having conversations and plan for the future because they now know the future. Their immediate future is not going to be at the club. Maybe they'll come back one day. Maybe it'll, maybe one of them will be a Jamie Vardy. You know, that's what every player who leaves our academy now can try and prove and become another Jamie Vardy because famously we obviously released that man who has gone on to be an absolute baller. But I hope, I hope they do find clubs. Um, it's a when players think they're going to be professional and they come through the academy, especially when they're sort of like reaching twenties, sort of thing. It's it's a big thing for them. They've not they've they've made it to that level and it can be quite a drop off. So hopefully they can they can secure themselves some contracts, stay in the game, and our academy can be used for that. You know, I would like to see our academy not releasing players all the time though I would like to see if they're not going to play for us can we find them cheap deals you know very cheap moves to places give them some showcase games things like that try and I don't know put them in the shop window a little bit so we you can make 50k there or 100k there little little bits little little bits of cash flow into the club that would be the way to use an academy if you're not going to develop these players like Josh Render he was spoke about coming into the first team giving him a try you know it's it's weird. It's it's weird to see names that are talked about being. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and filter these players in, just getting released all the time. But it does happen every year now, and I think it would be a big stink if someone like because because the name you keep hearing is that Katadamari. If he gets released, then you're like, what the hell is our academy doing? You need to start seeing the players that are really shining in our academy come out. I, I, Addy Owen. <laughs> Was uh, was one that was talked off for a little while, you know. And we brought we brought Thornley through, right? And now he's playing at the same league. He's playing for a club who are above us in the league currently. So there's there is questions about our academy there. I know that wasn't under Moore, but we did sell him and we did make a bit of money for him at the time. And that is the right way to go about it. But he's now playing at a club that are fifth and we're seventh. So just got to be careful with the academy that we don't. We don't live to regret it. Okay. So, um, I apologise if you heard me breathe there. Uh, there will be there will be dead space in this as I as I'm moving on to the topics because usually I I have it straight ready to go when Punk's there. But yeah, we're we're, we're just living with that one. This is from the Star. Dominic Eorfa keen to give back to Al's fans by securing promotion. Quote. Dominic Eorfa says it would be a disaster for Sheffield Wednesday if they were to miss out on promotion to the Championship this season. Eorfa made his return to the starting eleven in the one-all draw with Accrington Stanley this week, his first start for Wednesday in a Wednesday shirt since back in October and got a great reception from the fan base when he took to the field at Hillsborough before the game got underway. Chance of the fastest man in Yorkshire ran through the stands as the big defender made his long-awaited return to the eleven, and he admits the support of the fans creates even more desire to do well for them. Speaking to the media, I offer said, quote, We said from day one that the goal was promotion. We wanted to be in the top two, first and foremost, 
but as long as we got promoted, everyone will be happy. If we don't make the playoffs, it'll be a disaster season. If we don't achieve anything this season, then it'd be a real disappointment of a season. With a team we've got, with the manager we've got, we know we're more than capable of getting promoted. So if we don't, it'd be a real disappointment. Ayofa also touched on his relationship with the Wednesday faithful, telling the star, Since I've been back, the reception with the fans have been brilliant. They've made me feel really welcome. Even when I came on against Burton, they were just waiting for me to touch the ball. It makes you want to work even harder and give it back to them. And give back to them. Sorry. End quote. Now, I watched Iorfa because we, we started playing out from the back against Accrington and it gave me the absolute fear. I'm not going to lie. Watching a player that's just come back from injury, his first start, being part of a back three and bombing forward from the defence and then us leaving ourselves open to getting counted. Now, he's really good on the ball, but I was just... It started to worry me. Playing, playing out from the back, we looked quite shaky against Accrington. That was Iorfa's first game back, though. So we just... We'll, we'll see more of it. And I do remember he's a really, really good ball-playing defender. It's nice that he's saying all these nice words. We just need to see more on the pitch. We need to see that commitment. We need to see that desire. That then runs forward. He, he did talk a little bit. I saw him talking about the, uh, the freedom he's got. He's apparently more said that if he wants to get in those advanced positions and he sees an opening, he can run. And he, he has got the pace, you know, from centre-back to, to go through and really cause problems. So I think we actually... Went for the back sort of five slash three to play Iorfa in that position. I think that him coming back into the, the team has changed Moore's process on that because he knows he's got a player that can bomb out from the back. We've just got to really get used to playing from the back because it's back, back, back. And I will say we needed to hoof it a little bit more against Accrington because it wasn't working playing it out from the back. And they did start to realise Bailey was like, no, let's get out of the pitch now. We are losing the ball every time we try and do that. That's a training ground thing. Get used to it. Get used to the ball distribution. It needs to be a little bit better in that regard. And I offer coming back, if we are going to play like that, he is the sort of player I do just have my reservations about it. But nice words. Hopefully he can be a part of us getting promoted, but it's going to be a tough challenge this season. So um, Darren Moore has been talking about the crucial flaw that Sheffield Wednesday just cannot shake off. That is a headline from Yorkshire Live. Now, this will be one that we all feel, especially on this podcast, because we've felt it for a while. This is from the Yorkshire Live. Once again, the issue of set-piece defending proved costly for Sheffield Wednesday. The Owls were hardly cruising against Ackington Stanley on Tuesday night, but were comfortable, had a 1-0 lead, and were enjoying the vast majority of the ball. And then blah, 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 talking about the, the, the set-piece. This is what Moore said. This is the interesting bit that Moore said on it. Not saying the rest of your article isn't interesting, mate. Just, just, just clarifying. Um... But Moore says, we don't want them to happen at all. Uh, in brackets, conceding from set pieces, that's what he's referring to. I don't remember Accrington having too many clear-cut chances, which is a testament to the team. And I think we have seen a massive improvement in terms of working as a unit on set pieces, resulting in giving the opposition less chances to score. But set plays are just another way of scoring goals, and we have to concentrate on that. Peacock Farrell had a good hand on the goal as he pushes it wide. I'll have to look at it again. I don't know how it ended up in the goal. It could have been an own goal. It was an own goal. But before that, they had put a lot of balls into the box and I thought he dominated the area. But in terms of crosses, they had put pressure on us and I thought he was dominant there, end quote. More, we aren't very good at defending set pieces. You can't say you're happy with that, mate, because we are. You want to beat Wednesday, stick 11 men behind the ball and go on set pieces. You'll beat Wednesday. It's very obvious. It's very obvious. 
You don't actually... If you play, we'll rip you apart, which teams have figured out. So all you need to do is defend, park the bus, park it as, park it as tight as you can, and then try and get a set piece. Usually around the last 20 minutes of the game, you will score. Wednesday will lose. That is, that is how it goes. Don't know why we're so bad at set pieces. We just are. It was, uh, it was telling. I, I feel like I, I do have this little fear inside me whenever there's a corner. Whenever there's a corner or a set piece close, I'm like, it, it's, it's, it's not as bad as it was last season. It isn't, it isn't Wednesday conceding in the, the, the dying embers of the game every single time. Set pieces become an absolute calamity, but they have become very prominent and they are a very, very prominent issue this season. We have really just got to watch out for them because they, they, are, they, are, un, they are our undoing at the minute. That and teams just not wanting to play football against us is becoming an issue. Um, this is from the 72. This is an update on Andre Green. Now, talking about former players is not something we always do, but it's something we, we do when it comes up. Now, there's, a, there's been a bit of an update on him. Green has uh, been, he moved to Slovan Bratislava. And it was a bit, uh, bit interesting because he didn't spend too much time with Wednesday. This is from the article itself. It's safe to say the move has paid off for the 23-year-old. Grade is, uh, Green has made most of his chances to impress abroad, putting up some impressive numbers for the uh, Bratislava side. Across all competitions, the former Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa man has scored 12 goals and provided five assists in 28 outings for the Fortune Liga club. During his time in England, Green was unable to chip in with many goals and assists as he would have hoped, but he has found his end product in Slovakia. Operating on either the wing or through the middle as a centre-forward, Green helped Bratislava finished at the top of the table in their regular season, losing only once. Now in the playoffs, Green and Co. remain top, having lost only one game all season, end quote. Now, we brought this one in because we're talking about goals. We're talking about um, more options for goals. It was weird to sell Andre Green at the time, but uh, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I just thought I'd let you know how he's getting on. He is at a team at the top of the league. I kind of want to know your thoughts on that one. That's why we included it in there. Do you think a player like Green would have been useful to us? Do, should, should we have given him a run out in League One? Was he interested though? I'm not too sure. I, I'm, it's a weird one. Uh, Windass is potentially in contention for Cheltenham. So, yay. <laughs> Goals, please. This is from the Wednesday website. Josh Windass is in contention to return to the field on Saturday as Wednesday host Cheltenham. The forward hasn't featured for the Owls since picking up an injury in our 2-0 win over Morecambe in February. But the 28-year-old has made good progress behind the scenes in his back training with the squad. Manager Darren Moore was asked about the availability of Windass following our 0-0 draw with Gillingham. He said, and quote, Yes, he'll be fine for Cheltenham. As long as we don't get any reaction from him in training, he will be back next week. It's more positive news on the injury front for the Owls with the likes of Che Dunkley, Dominic Iorfa and Lee Gregory all back in the fold. The gaffer continued, We saw Che come back this week, Dominic Iorfa last week, and obviously Lee Gregory has had 90 minutes on Saturday, and Josh Windass comes back for next week, and possibly Shadipo. End quote. Thank God, because Windass was on ridiculous form, and if he can recapture that, that's playoffs for us. I will speak of Che Dunkley coming back here, though. That was. Uh, 
an interesting, there was an interesting few moments in the Gillingham game, and we'll leave it there. He's a good defender. It just worried me for a few times. Um, Shadipo coming back in again, a player we've not seen too much of, but was seeming to find form and then looked looked quite bright. And in the little we saw of him, and then went injured. So having players come back, Shadipo, you probably even forgot he was here. So it will be good to see him come back. Windass is the bit the big deal. That could be a big change of our season. I've been saying it for a long time. Getting Windass back later in the season when we're we're in a little bit of a rut. I did say this actually a couple of episodes ago. I said if we have that lulling form where we're struggling and we're on that latter end of the season, bring Windass back into the fold. He goes on for like five games and bags us the goals we need. That is the difference. And I really hope he can prove to be the difference. So, um, there's a charity match going on. I'm not going to talk. I will talk about this a little bit more next week, but Poodle's got a Wednesday Legends versus the Czech Republic. So there's uh, like Readers playing it, Leuven's is playing it, Glenn Whelan's playing it, Wallace is coming back, Liera, Lee Peacock, Lee Bullen. There's quite a few people playing there. And um, I don't know if I can go that weekend. We'll see. But it would be an interesting one to go to. Me and Punk will talk about that in the near future. Now, this is a sad one for me. I mean, it's a great, it's great at the same time, but I, under, I don't understand why it wasn't here. Um, Kieran Westwood, you'll see on QPR's official Twitter and Westwood's official Twitter, Westwood has signed for QPR. He is potentially not their um, first choice keeper. But I wouldn't be surprised because Westwood, once he, once he gets in there and he shows, shows his level, I still think he could do a job for us. I'm sad he's not coming back in a Wednesday shirt. But again, I want, I want to get Punk's thoughts on this. I want to debate it with him. I want to say, I want to sort of like have a bit of a debate on should, should Kieran Westwood have stayed at Wednesday at one point, um, especially if we, can, if we can see how he gets on at QPR. But I do want to wish him well. He's... He's one of those players that I really, I really liked and I really wish he'd have finished his career with us, but we didn't give him another contract. Probably money was an issue there and he has obviously gone to a level above. So all the best to Kieran Westwood. And um, I, hope he, I hope he has a successful move at QPR. It's just a shame. It's not in a Wednesday shirt. Right. Let's go into the uh, one Discord topic I've got. Right, we need to, we need to, right, I'm just saying while I'm here on my own, Sort it out, boys and girls. Get your bloody topics in, right? I'll put them on YouTube again. And if I put them on YouTube again, I want at least 15 next time I do it. And we won't just use the Discord. But this one is from Discord. Dex and Jake. Jake's not here. Hi, guys. Thank you. Uh, This is from uh, Cross Rock Phil. Hi, guys. And thank you for your hard work in keeping Talking Wednesday interesting and informative. Very kind. Thank you, Phil. I was just wondering if on match days, do you have a special routine or superstition that you religiously stick to and what happens if the result doesn't go our way? Stay safe and well, Phil. Um, I don't really have any superstitions. Or my routine is usually um, I'll go and see my nan. I've said this before. It's been a thing since I was little that I'll go and see my nan on match day. Usually I have tea around my nans or something. If it's a, depending on when the match is. So I guess you could say that's like a special routine. But I don't really have any superstitions. And if the result doesn't go right, 
I'm kind of used to that, mate. So there's not um, there's not any real shock there for me. I'm not getting completely shook by the fact that a result hasn't gone Wednesday's way. I'm usually actually in the ground wondering when we're going to concede if we're winning, which tends to happen quite a lot. But yeah, I would be interested to know. Talking Wednesday community, match day routines, superstitions, let me know in the comments. I'd like to look at them. But yeah, I think that's about half an hour of uh, me talking non-stop. No edits, no breaks, no drink, I've noticed. Which uh, I can feel in my throat right now. I forgot what it's like just to talk for this time. But yeah, I apologise it's a slightly shorter podcast, guys. I didn't want there to not be a podcast this week. And I wanted to make sure that we, uh, we, could, give, we could give Punk a little bit of time. And also, because he'd do the same for me and he has done the same for me before. So... I want to make sure that we, we, we kept the schedule running on and we didn't have to rehash stuff and we were still getting out there because I know what it's like when a podcast I like misses an episode, you're driving to work and you've not got it. And I know I'll annoy you, some of you a little bit because you'll have got your timing of your podcast perfect and this will end a little bit shorter and you'll have to find something else. Apologies. But uh, I know what it's like when there's not an episode one week and you're like, ah, now I've got to try and find other things to put in my headset or or something for a little while, because my podcast isn't there this week, but it is. The Talking Wednesday podcast remains to be here. That was episode 61. That is it from me. Make sure you uh, subscribe, leave reviews, do all of those things, and I will see you, hopefully see you next time, in the, episode, in the next episode, even, of Talking Wednesday. That went fantastically. See you later. <laughs>